the worst thing you could have in your unit is nurses being scared to work there. Because imagine not only you're going to work stressed and scared of the patient maybe dying, decompensating, something happening with them medically and you gotta fix it. Now they're coming in with the stress of like, am I gonna get hurt at work? Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Welcome, everyone, to the Couple Nurses Podcast on this Cup of News episode with your hosts, Matt and myself, Peter. We are nurses on a mission to change the world, and that change starts with you. Just some housekeeping real quick. Make sure y'all check out cupofnurses.com. We have all our episodes there, a bunch of cool blog posts, a bunch of nurse-related information. Also, we got our shop there, <clears throat> or if you want a direct link, it's cupofnurses.shop. We have all our latest merch. We're trying to get like at least two to three pieces of, of merchandise on every month just to freshen things up and just kind of keep it cool, calm, and collective. Uh, and actually, in May, we're going to have some unit t-shirts come out for Nurses Week. So um, make sure you guys cop up a, a few of those. But Matt is wearing the Right Now shirt, RN, and I'm here wearing the Be Well shirt, which are available. Uh, we are frontlinewarriors.shop. It's our sister site. Uh, you can also go on wearefrontlinewarriors.com. And that's all of our like conscious, mindfulness, wellness, more of like health-related and just bettering society as a whole information on there. So make sure you guys check that out as well uh and of course we our video format on youtube and spotify now and we have pronto coming up that's spelled p-r-n-t-o prontohealth.com it's something that we've been working on uh with a group of of, of some cool people that that have the best intent for healthcare professionals in mind and we want to build a platform that is going to kind of revolutionize and change the healthcare work uh, industry you could say and just healthcare in general and kind of the way we we just approach ourselves and the way we approach healthcare as 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 people but what's up matt got a lot going on man mm-hmm. we gotta take it day by day week by week and get things done so on today's episode we're going to talk to you guys about the six tips to creating a healthy work environment you can use these six tips to evaluate how your own company is own hospital facility and to see if you want to work there, maybe some changes that you can help implement to create a healthy work environment. I think it's very important for staff retention to have happy nurses and ultimately for you to want to work there in this job. I feel like when it comes to the work environment, we do a good job of complaining and pointing out the negatives and just like stating your opinion, but not really having an idea about how to fix it or how to change it. Like we're good at pointing at the problem and saying, hey, this is an issue, this is an issue, but we don't really have an idea for like a solution. If you talk to your nurses, if you ask them, hey, what's one thing that you dislike about your unit or one thing that you don't like about management or just your work experience, they'll, they'll tell you what it is, but they don't really have an answer on on how, on how to fix it. That's like a very common occurrence, not just in healthcare, but I feel like in, in every kind of business, in every kind of, kind of workplace. So it's always important to figure out those problems. And the best way to figure out those problems is by ac- asking the staff. But then if you ask the staff what the problem is, you also need their kind of opinion to to figure out how to how to solve it. Because if you're not working that unit directly, it's just put in a nursing perspective. Nurses know the problems on their units and they kind of know how to fix them. 
and the managers, you could say, also know the issues on the unit because the nurses are telling the managers what the issues are. But the way management sees to fix these things is a lot different than the nurses uh, when they are asked on how to fix these things. Like so a lot of them don't know, but the but the but like the majority of the ones that do know, uh, the ideas are are different than what management would would entail. Just like you said in the beginning of the show, the real change starts with you. So sometimes we have to look in those problems and bring them up. Mm. Uh, so the first tip on creating a healthy work environment is to give your employees a real voice. And this is more from the management side where where they have to listen to you in real time and give you feedback. And also when you give the feedback to them, things are being implemented. Mm. And it could be small things. It could be things such as, the ER is not waiting the five minutes or they're just sending patients up and that's creating a lot of frustration on the unit where, hey, you tell the charge nurse, charge nurse tell the supervisor, whoever the in chain of command is, and they talk to the ER director, charger, that chain of command, and things get worked out where there's a delay in timing, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever mm-hmm. the problem is, where the patients are coming in and safety is at its best performance. Yeah, voice is really good, but the voice is very important. But the thing is, management has to do something with that voice. I feel like maybe some units have like this great voice. Managers are always asking for opinions, asking for uh, recommendations, but then nothing ever gets done or, or changed. It's like the, the nurses are free to say whatever they want, but yet, yet that freedom kind of leads to nothing because there's still nothing nothing kind of being being changed it just like makes the nurses feel good because they're able to speak about their problems and their issues but nothing ultimately is, is getting changed it doesn't take like a false false kind of hope almost those annual surveys are great examples mm-hmm. how many times as a staff nurse you fill out the surveys these are the hospital needs or the unit needs and were they met mm-hmm. or was it the same shit all over again every single year and nothing gets done yeah. or were you a nurse that neglected the survey and just had so much issues with work and just didn't put anything on there. So it's it's like the only way you can improve something is if you know what has to be improved. So there's a lot of nurses out there that don't fill out those surveys. And they're sometimes the ones complaining the most. And it's like, did you fill out the survey? No, because it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, it might not mean anything right now, but, or this one survey might not mean anything, but if the same nurses are complaining about the same thing, then that's that kind of shows management what like the major issues are. And they're obviously going to start with the, with the most popular issue and then kind of trickle down into all these other issues. So yeah, so the, like the voice, if you don't voice your opinion, voice how you feel, voice your problems and concerns, they're never gonna get fixed. And I, and I know a lot of nurses do voice their concerns and problems, they still don't get fixed, but at least someone's aware of something and then eventually, if management doesn't hear you, the nurse next to you is gonna hear you. And it's like two complaints now are better than one complaint and maybe the manager still might not do anything, but now you have six nurses complaining about the same thing, then they're gonna to have to do something because now the management sees that, hey, there's a really problem going on that a lot of nurses are, are having. And if I don't fix it now, they're gonna end up leaving or something's gonna happen. So it's like um, one one complaint not gonna do anything, but it's the, it's the power of multiple that are gonna do something. But the thing about surveys is, it's like, it's kind of shitty to think about because when you send out a survey and you're looking, you're looking for mixed results, you want positives and you want negatives. Majority of the times you're only going to get, going to get negatives because if someone's satisfied with something, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say anything. They're not they don't going to voice say, that off. They don't, they don't voice that off. Exactly. And this is how we're emotionally programmed to begin with. We're more likely to, to show like, like being upset than we are happy because when we're happy, everything, everything's good. 
but we're upset. That's that change in the system that really that really uh, makes us angry. So surveys are always going to be skewed in a negative. That's why when they send out like patient surveys in, in hospitals and, and they're always trying to get the highest scores, but people imagine have to realize that you're not going to ever get the highest scores on, on anything because if you disappoint somebody one time, but you make them happy six times, they're going to remember you for this disappointment. And they're going to put that disappointment on that survey. And it's, and it's almost like a revolving circle of negativity, but it's like a false circle of negativity just because you might do a lot more benefit than negative, but people are always going to remember the negative. So it's kind of like, um, like it, it sucks, but that, that's kind of like how surveys work. That's kind of how you fix problems too. But these problems are going to be kind of skewed. That's my kind of opinion about surveys for the most part. Yeah. And, and in this giving the voice, it's definitely a two-way system, just like in a relationship, it takes two to tango. So mm-hmm. nurses have to voice their opinion, and they have to have that channel, the receiver that has to hear them out. Yeah. Next one is show appreciation every day. So there's a difference between coming on the unit and just like talking to nurses and like doing your job as like a manager. Because when we were working at the hospital, the manager came by, did his rounds, and and like the thing to keep in mind for people in higher positions is that when you come on the unit you're like you're a supervisor you're a superior so you're always going to kind of change the emotions of the unit of what's going on right now just because they they see that you're there so we're always going to feel that you're going to judge us for for something so it's people are a little bit more on like a fight and flight uh like perspective so like your job as a manager if you want to kind of negate those kind of feelings those are natural to come up like be warm like don't um like point things out uh like in front of everybody if someone's doing something wrong don't just come in say hi and be like hey we got to improve on this this and this i want to make sure everyone's doing this 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 and leave that's not showing appreciation that's that's just you coming in and boss people around like if you're going to come in like say something positive uh like make it present you can make it present known but just have a positive attitude right like you had that manager too that that came in or not not came in about was messaging you about your charting or some shit, right? Yeah. So in this contract, it's completely different because usually there is management for days, and here it's like a continuous cycle. You have a manager that works till or CSM whatever till 9 p.m., and then you have a, a guy that takes over from like 9 p.m. to 7 or from 11 p.m. to 7, and you have continuous management. And just like you mentioned, uh, I worked on the telly floor for two days straight. These past two nights and they just come in there make sure you guys document your stools and it's like okay great charting and they're giving appreciation but just because that's something that i have to look at and evaluate it's not like appreciation of like hey how's the shift going good job guys like yeah. some genuine appreciation not like i'm glad you guys all chartered that you're all using a specialty bed pressure reduction hey braiding score less than 18 great job you guys are all charting heels off the bed okay that's really cool but it's not the real appreciation just more like just to get your job done yeah there's like a difference between like genuine appreciation and like appreciation that you have to do uh because you have to do it yeah recognize your employees in a different way yeah right because you know we do it all the time to our patients as well like someone i'm I'm having a bad day where you know i'm still gonna say like like thank you and all that kind of stuff but but like I say in, in a way that the patient probably feels that's not the most genuine. I'm just doing it just to kind of because I have to. And that's not the right way to approach. Of, of course, there's there's a time and place for the, you could say, the more professional appreciation. But that's not the only appreciation you should be giving to your uh, to your employees. I agree with you, man. Yeah. It goes a long way. And also, like I was thinking about it. Give your employees a day off for their uh, birthdays. 
I think mm. that would go a long way where you're actually appreciating and valuing them. Perfect example is where you work again. We as travelers have messed up schedules. They don't care that we're a travel duo and mm. we carpool. But this also goes down and stems down to staff yeah. where scheduling is not even giving them the right schedule. So it's like you already are kind of hating your you're, you're not hating your unit. You're kind of doing your job. But it sucks where you're not getting even appreciated for doing the right job. And now your schedule, they can't even hear out your schedule. Mm-hmm. It just gets done. And I and I feel like they purposely divided it where the unit manager doesn't do the schedule. It's like some schedulers downstairs in the office because you can't complain and keep going to your manager. It's like a closed system mm-hmm. where like, well, it's out of my control. They're scheduling and that's it. Yeah. And you and you feel like you're getting effed mm-hmm, for sure, especially working nights and in healthcare. It's uh, like either either regardless if it's days or nights, but like in healthcare, like you devote thirty minimum of thirty six hours a week of your time to help people, and like the person making your schedule cannot look at the schedule and take a few extra minutes to kind of pair you up or align your days properly. Like it's just like how am I working in this field where I literally devote my my whole life into helping other people. And someone else can take a few minutes out of their time, out of their day to kind of accommodate for something so small to them, but yet so meaningful for us, especially like especially for nights. There's a huge difference between working three in a row and a huge difference between working two on, having two off, and then going back for that one shift. It, it's like people don't, if you never did nights and you're in management and you make schedules and you listen to this right now, like that's like the worst thing you could do to a night shift person is is not give them the schedule that, that they like. That's like, the one thing that I really liked about my prior staff job is I always got a schedule I wanted and Knights always got a schedule they wanted. And if like to say you, you they couldn't make it or I had to switch a day, they'll come to you and ask, be like, hey, I know you wanted this uh, this day off, but can you, you know, work on this day instead because we're kind of short. Yeah. And it's even a whole now I'm thinking about it, it's a whole emotional factor, yeah. psychological factor where you're not pissed that you have a shitty schedule. So at least you're coming in with a decent mindset going to work versus I already feel effed. I already have my yeah. sleep schedule messed up. This is talking about nights, but now I got to go to work because they messed up my schedule. Yeah. And you're just surrounded by the negativity. And now that might be affecting patient care. Right. And then now they're calling you for overtime. Like, hey, we're short th- this day. Can you come in? You're more likely going to say no because, hey, you don't give me the schedule I want. You're messing stuff around. You're not giving me what I need. Why am I going to change my whole day? And devote another 12 hours for you if you can't even devote some time for for me because the make us schedule doesn't, doesn't take a long time and like we got this this contract there's a bunch of travelers and they could easily pair up matt and i on, on the same shifts because every time you go into has there been a time where you, you were the only traveler no no was there a time where there's only two travelers no no exactly so there's usually a minimum of three travelers every shift that i, that I go sometimes there are four sometimes there are, there's five but there's a minimum of three so it's like you're telling me that hey i'm working here with two other travelers and then you're saying they that you can't accommodate for a schedule because you don't want to mess with the travelers and, and like the, the staff issues that's, that's like it's complete it's a complete lie it's just you not wanting to take a few minutes out of your day to kind of satisfy people's needs and that's kind of shitty because it's healthcare too. My only thing is like it's healthcare. Like this is not finance. It's not business. It's healthcare where we work with people and try to help people. But yet, in management, in the institution itself, nobody cares about anything, and it yeah. sucks. And even going into the travel nursing perspective, where a travel duo, not only are they aren't giving us the right schedule, they're not even aware that we're carpooling. They don't care enough to do that, even though we 
voice that opinion. So now we float to different hospitals. We got to take an Uber. You're, you're giving a travel nurse a very bad experience. Mm-hmm. Now in the community, hey, we have a podcast. We talk to people that we work in this facility. It kind of sucks. And now you're more prone to not getting good nurses that are going to come there for this reason. So it all plays full circle into creating this good work environment where you just get mutual respect, not only from patient with surveys, but also from mm-hmm. the employees that are there. But the crazy thing about it is that people are okay with this because if the price is right, the price is right. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is crazy because like, if you really have a unit that's struggling, um, like let's just say a struggling in like the sense of uh, burnout or a sense of like, not cohesiveness people are leaving coming in you're not able to like retain staff like a little life hack to this is if you pay nurses more money they're willing to give up a little bit more of their satisfaction from for money and that's how every every place works so like imagine if like you're looking for let's just say a staff job and then the staff job says hey you're gonna be staffed on this unit but we could float you if we're fully staffed, probably wouldn't want to take that, right? If you're trying to go for staff. Exactly. Right? But if they say, hey, we have two options. We give you option A, which is you're going to stay on this unit forever, or we're going to have you do option B, which is staff and also float, but you'll get paid five bucks more an hour. There's an incentive. There's an incentive. So now you're, not, now you're probably thinking about it. And knowing the person I am, I probably take the five bucks because I know that at least I'll be on this course staffed unit, but I, there's a chance of me floating, floating somewhere else, but I'm going to make some more money. And, and that's what it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I know I'm floating or I'm f- getting floated twice and it's 11 p.m. and I'm rushing, I'm just like thinking I need some motivation for myself. I hear, I, I'm thinking about that cash dollar, like, mm-hmm. all right, Matt, just whatever, eight more hours, secure the bag. You're getting, you know, the 1K for the shift, yeah. whatever. Like, let's just, let's just roll with it, man. Right. And that just, that's that push that just gets me through. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because it, that's like this was one universal thing. If you have somebody that's unsatisfied and you can't satisfy them, money is something that satisfies everybody. And that's like... It's, it's like in the movies. Yeah. Right. Shut up. Right. It's like crazy, but that's just like one one major way if you want to keep staff retention and have a happy unit is you just got to pay people more, more money. You know, and if you can't afford to pay people more more money, then you got to look at other things. But realize that if you just pay people more money, you're not fixing the, the core problems. You're just putting a band-aid on it. Yep. There's going to come next a point in the next couple of years, you're going to give them more money again because you still have to fix the same problems. And remember, nurses are happy with this with this money and they're probably happy for the first year. But guess what? This, the next year, same problems are still there. You're not fixing the same problems. So few more, less nurses are going to leave. More nurses are going to come in. But remember, those problems are still there. They're going to get burnt out. They're going to become less toler- tolerant of those problems again. You're going to give them another raise. So it's like money is doable, but money is a cycle where you're going to need to keep giving this money because you're not changing the problem. So you keep putting a new band-aid, a new band-aid, a new band-aid, a new band-aid. Yeah. Diabetes. Yeah. The third tip on to creating a healthy work environment is creating a environment of psychological safety and trust. And right away, as I'm thinking about this, I'm comparing working in LA, Santa Monica, which with the whole day shift, the night shift that happened, Mm -hmm. there was all this drama going on and that nurse, that nurse. It's really important to create confidence and like an open platform for nurses to voice their opinions, knowing that they're not going to get shamed for Mm -hmm. it. They're not going to feel like they get kicked out of the team for for speaking up or being scared to speak up. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, cause pe- especially nowadays, people are scared to speak up because if your views aren't part of the pack's views, like it's already you're already viewed like as a complete opposite. Like everything is almost so, so polarizing. Where if you say something that is like a small change to the norm, it's like you're already all the way on the other side, and that's not how how things should be. And people are are for, are for sure scared to to speak out. And like the whole like the trust thing and like the whole safety thing. So safety is a very important thing too because. Um, there was a time uh, where I was charged and like a patient pulled um, a nurse's hair and she was freaked out and I was, I never been to that situation before either. So like I put the guy in restraints and all that, all that kind of stuff, but like she was freaked out and she ended up quitting because of that experience. So it's like safety is really important because we're directly dealing with one-on-one patient care and especially for women, a lot of women are scared walking from like you could say the bar or work to their car at night because they're just very vulnerable at that point in time because women are are majority of the times a lot I don't want to say a lot weaker but they're just less physical physically capable as men so they're always going to be a target for somebody so like if you can't promote safety in like a work environment you're not going to be able to retain staff at all people there's no feel like feel safe because of let's just say uh, the patient ratios and the that was acuity. a big one I was thinking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, and, and the acuity because you're getting a lot of like suicide ideation patients, a lot of a lot of, like CWAs, uh, and you know, and nurses aren't gonna feel safe because when you have a CWA, you don't you don't really know what the hell the patient is gonna do. You don't really know what's gonna they, they get triggered very easily and it happens. And it's like this is a female dominant career, so like women are gonna leave bedside because of of that thing. And that's like the worst thing you could have in your unit is nurses being scared to work there because imagine not only you're going to work stressed and scared of the patient maybe dying decompensating um medically like something happening to them with them medically and you gotta fix it now they're coming in with the stress of like am i gonna get hurt at work right and then also with the whole redonda case now your license is on the line and always it always has been on the line mm. so no safe patient ratios, you're getting swarmed with tasks, yet it's your responsibility at the end of the day, nobody else, mm. because there's all these safety nets put in place where, hey, you missed something, you didn't do this, you didn't document that, it's going to come back to you. Mm. And, and that sucks where we as nurses, and this is speaking from healthcare, we came in to do this very rewarding soul soul what i'm trying to think of the word like um, like 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 it's good for, it's, yeah. it's soul work right it's soul work it's we're, we're coming in with this like bright white spirit to do our jobs and then we get freaking like mowed down by healthcare, mm. the truth verbal abusing patients freaking everybody's on hacky checks and diabetes yeah. nowadays have acuity and it's like you can just get mowed to the ground, but then you have to worry about the psychological safety and trust that we're talking about now, including your license on the line. It's not a good environment mm-hmm. for nurses. No wonder we're getting burnt out. Right. And then all like the back injuries that nurses have, like shoulder injuries, and that usually also stems to inadequate ratios because if everyone's busy and you know you have four or five patients or even an ICU, two patients, but, but it's a busy night, you don't always have time to bring the sling over hook them up to the sling, raise them, move them up. And plus, you need two nurses there technically if you're using the sling. And sometimes it's a lot easier to just boost them up. And if you don't give nurses adequate staff, 
uh, proper acuity f uh, for each assignment and and like each unit. The nurses are gonna have. That's why nurses take shortcuts. They're gonna take shortcuts and they're gonna pull that patient up by themselves and they're gonna hurt their back or whatever's gonna happen. And then that sucks because they have a workplace injury. Now guess what? Now rest of the shift they gotta deal with pain. Who knows when his pain is gonna gonna stop? Is it a slip disc? What happened? Is it a pinched nerve? Now they have to go home with this pain. They gotta see a doctor. They gotta take time off. And now, you know, six months down the line, they get healed, but they come to work and they're like, am I gonna get hurt again? Am I gonna, you know, maybe help a patient stand and hurt my shoulder this time? Like it's, if, if you don't provide safety at work, that's the worst thing you could do. And that's all stems down once again to like safe ratios. Yeah, and that goes perfectly to point number four, which is we need clean and functioning workspace. Mm. We keep talking about equipment. You just mentioned prevention, back injuries. Great point. I love that one thing that this hospital is doing that we're currently contracted in is most rooms have the lift in the ICU, but every single patient room has a hover mat with the uh, blow up mm. device, blanking out on the name. And it's hover mat. Hover mat. Yeah, yeah. The hover mat blower. That's what we got to call it. And it's so cool because now you're not using a slide board to push over. The hover mat like takes literally two nurses. You strap the patient, you pop them over. So mm -hmm. I salute this facility for taking the time and having proper equipment. Mm -hmm. But it's... Um, it makes you use the equipment too. Like it's okay to use the equipment. Like sometimes you might just rush things, but you don't have to rush things because maybe you want to sit down and chart. Like you could just take the few extra minutes and just like do it properly. Yeah. And that's one aspect when it comes to work equipment, nothing grinds my gears more than having a shift where you're continuously looking for things. Things aren't properly uh, stocked. We're calling around EVS, whatever. There's no garbage bags just so I could take out the damn trash. And I'm looking around. I'm looking through my freaking uh, co-workers trash to pull her garbage bags so like could fill mine like that mm. shit grinds my gears man yeah looking for glucometers glucometers down operator is not found <laughs> dude Pr printer is not working properly so now i'm like check this out this one time i was in dou i can't print out the labs for medcopia so i'm going to another patient's room i printed out an extra armband so i could print scan that dude's armband in another patient's room for medcopia to work doesn't work tried another room <laughs> So now you're wasting half an hour just to prepare for drawing the labs and I, I don't even begin drawing the labs. It's just annoying. It's yeah. I got patient care to worry about, not including charting. Just get your damn equipment down. It, mm. would, it would save us so much mental stress. Mm. Equipment's great, but there's also too much equipment. Like sometimes it's just like, why are we, or equipment, or it could be like protocols or, or the way, or charting protocols. I feel like, I feel like the more you chart, the more hospitals get paid out. And that's why these hospitals always add some charting and require this has to always be, be charted this much times at this, this, this time. To poops the shift. Yeah. And because they for sure probably get paid more for that because they're probably getting saying, hey, insurance, you got to pay us an extra hour per hour of nurse work because they're checking if the patient pooped twice. Always. They're always checking it. Look, look at the charting. So now, you know, instead of giving us a bundle for this, they're, they're like probably, it's like a package. And instead of this package, now we have a, poop package at 
added on. The imagine nurses, if that's how it really goes. Imagine they probably, they probably do it. You never for know. All man. We know. Yeah. And it's like our nurses, yeah, we they always do this, but on top of doing the standard package, we're also doing two double poop checks. So technically you gotta pay us more yeah, because two hundred bucks there for that Dude, shift. Right, for sure. Easy, bro. That's the patient free. Yes, yes. And that's probably maybe that's how it works, and that's how it works. It's it's crazy. But it's, um it's just like crazy how like that's like such a business thing that it could be going on that we don't even know about. Because like to be honest, I didn't realize what charting was that that's how hospitals get get paid and insurances do their business until like three years in, into into nursing. I was like, I was like, oh, so this is why I gotta do all this dumb charting. That so, so the compassion fatigue hit. Huh? Yeah, right. It was. I was like, okay, so this is now I understand why we're required to chart all these extra things, even though in plain sight it's it's already there. If you just look at the assessment, you could you could you know figure it out. But now we gotta do all these other protocol safety things that in in reality. Let's just say you're doing your education. You educate your patient every day on something, but when you chart education, it's not really what the hell you educated them on. It's just something that you have to do because it has to be done, right? That's probably, they probably also build their insurance for that too. So that's crazy how, how that works, that a lot of the stuff that you chart, you're not necessarily doing exactly as like what you charted. That's a crazy concept to think about. Like the plan of care, am I, like when I chart a plan of care, am I like, looking through a set of plan of care, making sure that we're attaining these goals, those goals? No, like I'm not. But it's probably not another way for the hospital to build their insurance for more money. Yep. Damn, this this will uh, turn into a How the Hospital Makes Money podcast. Yeah, we could definitely go off on that tangent. Yeah, we should open up an insurance company. So back into clean and functioning workspace, I think it's healthy for, for everything when it comes to the mental, physical, and the spiritual for the damn nurses. You can retain nurses when there isn't these reoccurring problems that are happening. Especially and even because you bring up the safety, uh, the cleanliness and stuff, even like during a pandemic. Like a lot of hospitals ran out of PPE. And because they ran out of PPE, nurses left. So it's preparation. Like how were how you not prepared for something like this? And yet you're a hospital that's supposed to be prepared for this kind of things. It really showed you the, the flaws and some of the issues that the hospitals have and how much of a business it is. Because you're telling me this is healthcare. I'm, I'm working in this hospital where this hospital's one job is to care for people and take care of them when they're, when they're sick. And they're supposed to be prepared all the time. They got generators that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars to make the power going. They have other stuff there. They have like the hazmat team on call or whatever. But for some reason, they were not prepared with, with, P, with PPE. And PPE isn't even patient centered it's more for the nurses safety so it's like that just shows you where nurses were on uh, that spectrum too that you didn't have enough ppe but you have all this other stuff you were able to keep management paid you're able to give people bonuses you're able to give all this stuff for management for everybody but yeah somehow you neglected to keep the safety of your nurses by having enough ppe for emergencies give them some pizza yeah give, give them some, some pizza yeah. yeah give them some pizza some maybe and then Donate one, some food. Yeah, and they were people complaining, but then they were giving out bonuses, of course. So if you pick an extra shift, you get your get your one and a half or two times plus. You get a nice nice cash bonus, four hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. Places were offering five hundred bucks at one point for my staff job, and it's like okay, I'll come in, and you know what? I'm getting paid a lot more. I'm just gonna come in and do my job. I'm not gonna say anything, and it is what it is. That just shows you how the power of money once once again. But it also shows you the fact that nurses were never ever thought about first. Never, and it's just it's, it's wild, and, and it's, it's healthy, and it's still continuing, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, till then, that gets changed, and that's why we're on this mission. Because, god damn it, we need better 
focused nursing, not nursing care, but just mm. taking care of the nurse that's the front line. Like the nurses are literally the the arm to healthcare to make it work. Mm. Like we're turning the damn wheel and we're not even being taken care of. Yeah. So that's not fair, but hey, we just neglected ourselves and, and we shut up for such a long time that now we're just speaking up about this and real change is coming, boys and girls. Yeah. We're coming for you, CEOs. <laughs> yeah, it just takes time. It just, yeah. it just takes time. Like remember how this how the system was built, how long it's been built out for. So just think about how long it's gonna take to change certain aspects. It's not gonna be like an over month kind of thing. It takes like years and years to make changes because it's just like the the fundament the fundamentals are starting to, to to break. Yes. Yeah. Shameless plug. If you're inspired or feel motivated by these topics, go ahead and join the couple nurses group where we can talk about this in further depth or start getting the community bigger and bigger where we can start implementing change and change healthcare. For sure. The fifth tip on creating a healthy workplace environment is empowering your team members. And this is what we've been talking about for almost the whole podcast now. It's very multifactorial. It's coming from the nurses where we're empowering each other. We're using team building skills. We're asking each other if you need help do you need to turn your patient where we feel like a team but then it also goes to hr and the whole scheduling thing and and management where everything we're working cohesively where we feel empowered and mm -hmm. not only for management to make sure you're documenting poop and make sure you're doing your x y and z it's just knowing the nurse on a human level where we could all relate to each other and we know that we have this one common goal of patient-centered care mm -hmm. There's a huge difference when you come to work happy, you know, or you could say sad. And like, that's the whole thing about like this, this empowerment thing is you perform better when there's some kind of cohesiveness around you or if someone says good job or someone says, hey, can I help you? And hey, any, anything I could do that that goes a long way because <clears throat> nurses, first of all, don't ask a lot for help a lot. Uh, so a lot of times you have to approach them like, hey, can I help you with anything? Then they'll probably let you kind of help. Especially if, if like for me, and I'm sure you're the same way, we like to just have full control of our patient, always know what's going on. Uh, I'll do the bath because I know they're cleaned and all that kind of stuff versus uh, delegating. It's just kind of like the way ICU built us because we didn't really have CNAs on the unit, so delegation wasn't really a thing. Because did you have like yeah, we all handled our, yeah. handled it ourselves? Because y'all didn't have CNAs in in, in Lagrange, right? It was always a day shift thing. A nights never had mm -hmm. one. Yeah. So in, at Christ, where I used to work, we had CNAs sometimes, but like there there were CNAs. So it's just like the education difference from like me to them, and of course like how much I read up uh, I read up on my patient versus how much they read up on a patient. Like I know a lot more. So like I just read do it myself. <laughs> And sometimes you don't want them to touch your shit. Like, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Like, for example, there is the urometer. And for them, it's just like, okay, like, let me keep flipping this urine. And let me just empty out the freaking bag at the end of the shift. Because that's my task. Mm -hmm. But hey, how much was in the urometer? Because I'm tracking eyes and O's every hour, every two hours. Yeah. But now I don't know because you just dumped the whole bag because that was just your task. Versus me, I'm critically trying to analyze and manage my patient because... Mm -hmm of let's just say low urine output yeah exactly yeah and, and that's and that's just the educational gap where they don't understand and we get frustrated mm. and then we don't delegate mm. and, and all that yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really good point yeah like what i always do do to have like a cna that i always let them know like hey like kind of this is my plan it's how i how i how i do things and i feel like i feel like that's what everybody, everybody should do because that's empowering as well so if you have a cna 
CNA that likes to help out, but let's just say you don't like you don't want that help under certain things. Just let them know. Be like, hey, I'm gonna empty out the urinometers, but can you help me with a bath at like 11 p.m.? Uh, we could turn them, get them ready, and all that kind of stuff. So like that that's 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 empowerment. It's not just that's just like not not. This, that's not controlling somebody or dictating and telling them what to do. This is empowering them. If you tell them what you're going to do and what, you know, kind of they should do and where you could collaborate, that's empowerment because then, like, you know the expectations, they know the expectations, and you you know how you can help each other out. Yeah, and I, I just thought about something which is very great for team building. So after, this was when I was working on the med, med search floor in LaGrange, where nurses gave report to each other, but then the CNAs, the the PCTs came through and they got a report from the nurses. Mm. So they give you a, a little bit more of a report that maybe the CNAs between each other missed. Mm. Now they get the full picture of what's going on with the patient because you tell them the more important stuff and then you tell them specific things that maybe you want done. Like, hey, this one is a daily weight. I could help you out, but let's just make sure we get this daily weight done. Mm-hmm. Versus here, it's like in this hospital because you're maybe you're a traveler, but I don't feel there's that... There's just that disparity between the two professions, CNAs and nurses, where it's just like the, the CNA is just doing things. You barely have a chance to talk to her. They have no idea what your patient is going through because mm-hmm. they're doing your job and I'm just doing my job. Yeah. And there's no cohesive team building there. Especially a lot of floating too. You get a CNA that's not used to the ICU and just float it. It's just like the stuff that they do in med surgery is a lot different than the stuff that they do in the ICU. Like it's not completely different, but it's, it's a lot different. And like expectations are, are, are different. So it's like... It's tough here because everyone's floating everywhere, and it's just it's hard to also uh, build unit cohesiveness if you're like floating a lot. But this is the thing that we float out because we're travelers, so our perspective on this isn't probably the best right now because staff doesn't really float too much, to be honest, unless you're like in a float pool. Because in the ICU, there's not very much staff nurses that that floated somewhere else. So they have that better relationship mm-hmm. already because it's already built in through. working for so long and what i also noticed is that if you have a lot of different cultures let's just say for example here a lot of filipino nurses and um it's interesting because like when you have a lot of cultures like one culture is very similar and you have a lot of those nurses in that culture it's like a big click clicky kind of thing oh yeah so like if you are part of that kind of clicky thing just don't forget about the people on the on the outside because it's a lot easier for you to bond with somebody that's in your culture. But like when you have somebody floating that's not in your culture or a travel nurse like us that we're not Filipino, but we're working a lot of Filipino. Like remember to just kind of still bring them in. Um, I kind of noticed that in back in um, like uh, Chicago where I, where I used to work. Like I came to the realization that that like um, our staff was, was was clicky. It wasn't very clicky compared to other other units, but there's definitely some clickiness going on. And it's almost like when I got caught up into that clickiness, it's almost like I forgot to care about the nurses that are floating to help us out. And, and then when I realized that, I was like, oh shit, like this isn't the best thing. It's cool because the clickiness, like you're very close with, with the click, but then you know, you forget the people on the outside and they're still important because they're still, they still need to be empowered and be, be, um, be like, be good to like they have to be empowered and you have to empower them because they're always in change and they're always new so it's just like their empowerment is super important because because you need them to do a good job and if a nurse doesn't feel empowered like you mentioned multiple times or happy or satisfied uh, they're not going to be able to perform the best and it's just like our job to kind of get out of that clickiness mindset and actually just like try to bring them in 
Like you're never you're never gonna bring them in hundred percent, but at least you bring them in ten percent. You know their name. You know a little bit about them. They know a little bit about you. You start a conversation. Uh, maybe they're asking about how to set up an A line because your tubing is different, and instead of telling them how to do it, you go show them how to do it. And while you're showing them how, how to do it, you're talking to them, talking about them, asking about their experience, their expertise, uh, what kind of stuff that they usually do, like what are they used to, and it makes them feel more welcomed and and like and more empowered. And if you feel more empowered, you feel like you actually matter in this unit, even though you're an outsider. So it's very important. It's like small things. Small things, especially for travel nurses, if, if you have a lot of travel nurses on your unit, it's like these little small things that we appreciate. Because like we're always traveling, so you know what really gets to really know us very well or, or, or at all if that and if you're like like me for the most part it takes me like a i want to say a solid month to like kind of warm up to everybody on the unit then i could kind of you know start talking to them because i haven't kind of figured out but it's just like always nice when somebody um like empowers me or helps me with something or just like treats me with like kindness you could say because yeah. you, you feel happier going to work because it's, it's like you at least know somebody and it's just like you want to do a good job not on, not only for yourself at that point, but also for the unit. So the unit has a has like a, a good um a good value to, to like itself. So it looks nice. Yeah, even like the charge nurses that take the time to give you a quick tour or say, hey, let me know if you need anything, mm. and you already feel that resource that's there that's gonna help you out in this lone wolf game of being mm. a travel nurse. Yeah. And also, that's one more thing. Also, like um, language, like if. If uh, if you're at work and let's just say a bunch of Polish nurses they work with, and if you're always speaking Polish, and like ten percent English, that that kind of um, is a little frustrating too sometimes. Um, I don't really get frustrated, but I could see other nurses that get that get frustrated on, on the unit because, like I said, we have a majority Filipino, so they they speak um, Filip Filipino. Is that what their language is? I'm sorry, sorry. You probably should know that, right? With all the Filipinos that we work with, whatever language they 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 speak. Like, I don't get offended by it because I'm Polish. I speak a second language, so I kind of know how, how that works. And it is, I'm, I'm not, like, scared that they're talking shit or whatever. I'm not worried about that. But I know that that's just how they speak. It is what it is. But I know some they nurses. They speak Tagalog. 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 That's the most common mm -hmm. uh, uh, Filipino language. Interesting. So if y'all speak Tagalog. 80, 90, 80, 90%. Yeah. So if y'all speak Tagalog, like, be mindful of, like, people that you work with because some people... Uh, might see that as being rude, you could say. I don't see that as, as being rude. I'm not sure if you see it as, as being rude, but because like I've worked with a lot of Polish people in my life and we always talk Polish and then like there was a few people that spoke me, that only spoke English and then I kind of realized like, hey, like we speak majority Polish here at work, but we have like these three American people that don't speak any Polish and like no one's really talking to them. So that's like a big thing too. Yeah. Don't get caught up in that either. The sixth tip to a healthy work environment is to promote wellness. And this is more from a higher management side, I would say, is to provide a good psychological, emotional, physical environment for your nurses to be taken care of and all of the hospital staff. One of those things is making sure they get breaks. And that's why we love California so much. Or creating an environment or setting something aside for nurses where they could go ahead and relax, where we're always in fight or flight. And that's what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to first responders is like, we're just going about our day in chill mode. All of a sudden, we got to just go into fight or flight and do the stress, stressful situation and just handle it. And if I'm taking my break, like, why not go have a recliner couch or a room with some aromatherapy just so I could unwind? I think mm -hmm. that's important to promote. That should be everywhere in the hospitals, every single place that we worked at that had something like that we always liked it more we always brought it up whether it's oakland you mentioned right before the show or 
the recliner chairs in Santa Monica, anywhere where that happens, it's it's better. Mm-hmm. And even like promoting wellness from, I don't know, maybe having nurses do the step stuff and like a little competition where you're promoting the healthy environment that way or promoting something where there's this monthly thing where maybe you could bring in some healthy snack versus just pizza because you're actually caring for that because that goes a long way if you're taking care of your body Mm -hmm. and delivering that to work yeah how cool would it be that if like because wellness is is, is a huge thing like for everything in, in life and like imagine if for example hospitals because when you see a hospital what's usually located by a hospital there or what's like in in a major city if, if you have a city with a hospital what else is going to be there a gym right you're gonna have a gym and usually like a place like a fitness center or a place to kind of like a spa or a place to get a massage they're 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 everywhere right and near every hospital so like imagine if a hospital offered hey we could we could maybe not cover the, the full expense but maybe they could, maybe they could be like hey um like discounts discount. like a discount list for wellness but stuff. like yeah like imagine this imagine if like uh your manager said hey we're offering this program that we're gonna take off ten dollars out of your paycheck or twenty dollars out of your paycheck a month and and with this you, you have access to this gym that's located by the hospital or this spa center by the hospital like imagine how much value that would have if let's just say the gym costs i don't know 30 bucks a month per nurse you could say and then you say hey we'll cover the majority of the cost all you gotta do is pay 10 bucks a month and we'll cover the the, the 20. i guarantee you every nurse if majority of nurses if not every nurse would be open to that because 10 bucks a month is nothing what you're getting it doesn't matter where you're working as a nurse 10 bucks a month is nothing and then what if they cover like a 65 dollars monthly spa price maybe they say hey if you put in 20 dollars a month we'll cover this the rest of the spa thing for you and imagine how life-changing that, that would be imagine having the ability to do a massage once a month and the ability to uh work out whenever you want because the hardest thing uh for people is getting started right it's getting started even when you uh, when you start doing massages, like the hardest thing was going to massage envy the first time, signing up, doing this, doing the paperwork, going through the process. That's the that's the biggest pain in the ass, and that's how it is. So if you could eliminate that and have people just onboard real quick, they're gonna be more open to doing that. And plus, like if like if the op- if the opportunity is there for you to do it, do it, you're more likely to do it. And plus, it feels good mm-hmm. that your employer is taking yeah, care right? of you this way, and they're giving you incentives for signing up for places like that or you know how like the gyms have like the competition of who lost them or yeah. the best transformation if you imagine if you do that for the unit mm-hmm. and whatever the prize is at the end of the day that that'd be awesome that'd i think be super i cool. think it would yeah. change it because it's like because it's coming from like a genuine place because usually when you think of work you think of like work rewards like a poster somewhere a gift card but this is like a reward for your hard work but this reward is outside of a hospital reward it's not, it's not a daisy ward where, oh, yeah, recognition in, in a hospital. Screw the daisy ward. If you offer me a gym membership and, a, and like a place to go to a sauna for for 30 bucks a month, dude, screw your daisy ward. I'll, I'd rather have that. And I guarantee you nurses would have that because it's just like you're rewarding these nurses, but you're rewarding them like in-house. In-house rewards, it's, it's still, there's a difference between a, a reward that you get at work and a reward that you get outside of work. The outside of work one is going to be better no, no matter what. Yeah, and it's so so stupid with it's like yeah gift cards are cool and stuff but remember that like if you get a reward like a gift card and stuff that's probably like a 
considered like a donation that the hospital's probably running off for the taxes anyways. After this episode, we can make a consulting firm that a hospital would uh, pay for us to consult to change the work environment yeah. to a healthy one. Or even do like, <laughs> like think about preventive medicine. What if they say, hey, um, we're creating like a preventive clinic in our hospital and for 50 bucks a month off your paycheck you could go do like a monthly visit at, and get your blood draw and something like that they, like hospitals have every medical thing in-house but it's but it's like they don't provide those options for their own staff right just but like they people, do those just like people think that we have the best health insurance because we're nurses yeah nope no that doesn't mean anything right but but we but they, we literally work somewhere where all this could get done but it's not offered to us like that, that that's crazy like if people you know people you want to keep people healthy you want to have healthy nurses like how the hell are you a hospital or in healthcare but you don't know how to keep nurses healthy it sounds like a big scam it's like having a weight loss program that no one's ever losing weight on it's a business man. right like it, like if you think about it it's just like like wait, wait wait how does how does it happen where you work in healthcare your main goal is to make people healthier and better and yet you can't even make the people working there healthier and better that's some shit. Some shit to think about. But like, I feel like there's a prevention thing, maybe there's a gym thing. I feel like that's totally doable. You can work out a contract and I guarantee the gym would probably lower their prices too from 30 to 25 because if your unit has 14 nurses, guess what? That's 14 customers. And not all 14 nurses are gonna, they might sign up for it, but they're not gonna go work out still. They might do it, but you're always gonna have those people that pay for a subscription, but not, not really go. And that might be like four nurses. So technically the hot gym is still making money because they're making money off all 14 nurses, but only 10 are technically going for aren't. Yeah. So it's like a, like an interesting these business are, they could do. These are all great ways that we could implement real change to create a healthy workplace environment. If you guys have any other thoughts or any other input that could make a healthy environment, go ahead and shoot us a comment, DM on social media, or join a Facebook group and give us a response there and we'll have an open discussion. Yeah. Or even if you know how to, you know, if you're in management or somewhere, like a CEO of something, or just working in a hospital, or hospital administrator, I mean, maybe you could even figure out a way how to incorporate this whole gym thing, this whole spa thing into into uh, employment. Because like people take away money out of their paycheck to to finances for their 401k, they take money away your paycheck for insurance. Uh, and my old job, uh, you could like take X amount of money out of your paycheck to like a you can say like a health fund that you can use for certain health things. So like I don't see why this can't be incorporated. Like has nobody thought about this besides us for the first time, you know? I feel like these this is like it's like a little thing, but I'm not sure how much politics go into it, but it's just like I feel like this is a really easy way to like show nurses that, that you that you care. This but like just imagine going to work somewhere and someone says, Hey, do you wanna sign up for the hospital gym program? I'm imagining it like, like, so doable. I'll be like, well, like what? Like that's a thing? Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up. Like that would be such a cool thing because that just shows you that like they care about your health and the things you're doing outside of hospital because if you have a great life outside of hospital, you're going to probably have a great life in the hospital. And yeah. then ultimately that's going to give us better surveys, better patient care. We're a hospitality business and all is well. More raises for the nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. If you guys find value in this podcast, Give us the five stars. Give us the like, comment. We appreciate it. And we'll keep on doing what we're doing. Thank you.